0: hi beautiful humans oh it's good to say that again welcome to episode 44 good number of conversation (laughs) hi friends hi it's been a minute (laughs) that is putting it nicely y'all I hope you're all doing well in uh, 2023, 2020, 2021, and 2022. Obviously, it just didn't happen. That just didn't happen. We don't talk about that. So I'm sat here recording this little intro for a monologue episode that I recorded last night. And it's a real quick one because I've got to jet off to Thailand. Beaches. Oh, it's going to be Summer. It's gonna be warm, it's gonna be sunny, it's gonna be everything that England is not, and I'm fucking excited. I'm fucking excited! ah! So, I'll uh, not waffle anymore in this intro because you've got to listen to my voice the whole way through, but I thought I would do an episode just to sort of sum up the last two years of my life from the Instagram and social media perspective. Obviously loads of other stuff's happened but this is a big one that I think people are interested in and also something i wanted to get off my chest because fucking hell, it's a whole bundle of trauma right there like jeez, thanks Insta, thanks a bunch. Uh, but if you would like to follow me on there <laughs> because my account's back now, what the fuck? You can find me at Cats and Crows. That's K A T S A N D C R O W S. So much easier having one, <laughs> one handle again. All right, beautiful humans, please enjoy my anthropological dichotomy of Instagram on conversation. Hi, beautiful humans. Welcome to the first episode back of Croversation. Here we are. (laughs) It's only been about two years. where the fuck have i been what the fuck what, what was i doing <laughs> well my friends let me tell you so the pandemic happened huh let's not talk about that i'm not there yet <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> So that happened but that happened or at least began to happen right in the middle of a huge point of my life. I was about to raise the funds to take Instagram to court. Oh yes. Whether you know this about me or not (laughs) Instagram and I have a very Long relationship, shall we say? Mm-hmm. I held two not one two separate occasions of protests outside their offices in London because good fucking lord, Instagram. What the fuck? Why are you deleting all my friends? Etc, etc. <laughs> There are some videos on my Instagram if you'd like to go back and have a look at all my campaigning. I think the website domain has expired now, so my campaign website's not there anymore, but I still have the video. I still got it. All those hours and hours of work. Fuck. So Instagram won that one. It was looking like they might win anyway, but uh, the pandemic threw a real spanner in the works because... I couldn't morally accept donations towards a legal case when some other members of my work community, sex workers, were literally left in the fucking lurch with not a penny and a ban on doing their jobs a lot of the time. So when people are literally starving and freezing in their homes. (coughs) Tory government. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. Um, (laughs) I can't be taking money from other people. I want everyone to give it to the people who are starving and freezing. For fuck's sake. That is the very basic standard that we should be looking out for our communities on. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. That scuppered that right up. And that's fine. That's fine. The battle would have been interesting. I would have been really interested to see where it it went. But I'm sure it would have been very long. Very dragged out. Um, I'm sure my life would have been dragged out in front of the world. Which from the attention I gained just from the campaign it's quite exhausting. People hate you for no reason. (laughs) It's really weird. Like I'm trying to help you. I mean, if that's okay. If you don't want my help, that's also fine. But let me help my friends. (laughs) I don't want your money. I want you to give it to these people who are starving and freezing to death or in lieu of that, I want you to give it to me, but not to me, to my court case, so that we can hold big businesses accountable for the shit they pile on the little people. That's all, that's all I wanted. I'm not trying to pretend that I'm the spokesperson for sex workers here, I'm very clearly not. <laughs> so many people have been around way longer than I. I, I yeah, although I've been around the block, honey been around the block I've been a sex worker now for coming up on 12 years how old am I yeah well actually no there we go 12 and a half years coming up on 13 years great number great number so yeah fuck y'all if you're a dick I'm a lot less nice now but I'm a lot happier fuck off (laughs) And that's a lesson for you. everybody, I hope. Be less nice, be happier. So let's start my tale, shall we? With a little bit of, that's the background. So the reason I was absent from social media and therefore my career in ways for so long was, number one, because my Instagram account, cats and crows, was deactivated by Instagram for 18 months what the fuck how can somebody make an 18 month long mistake oh don't answer that question i've made many 18 (laughs) i have a bad history of dating let's leave it there who the fuck makes a mistake for 18 months instagram and then reinstates my account with a oopsie doodle fuck off Anyway, it's enough slagging off Instagram. Oh, wait, no, there's there's more. Ah, So basically, after that ordeal, using social media in general, plus the added anxiety and stress of the pandemic, which has put all of us in a low-grade state of anxiety and hypervigilance all the fucking time. All of that rolled together meant that any time I opened it, opened up Instagram or thought about making a video series or even a singular piece of content or picking an image to post or even messaging my friends back on the platform, that would induce this almost panic attack state. It was very much, it was crippling, it was crushing it left me paralyzed. I used to love using social media. Uh, think of that what you will, but when Instagram first came out, fuck me up. It was great. It was, it was artistic. It was connecting. It was simple, fuck. Um, and yeah, you didn't get ostracized for having a body Mm. So, when things like that happen, anything like that causes you to feel that way, this is something we call burnout. Mm-hmm. It was a combination of everything. Every single thing that I've mentioned so far in this podcast all rolled together and gave me a huge grade A stack of Burnout right, just right all over my face, big old burnout bleh. couldn't fucking deal with it. It's, it's hard to imagine if you've never felt this state, although I imagine you have towards something, maybe towards work, maybe towards a relationship, maybe towards a hobby, when something's just not fun anymore. when When you start going out of your way, even subconsciously trying to avoid doing the thing, when you witness yourself making excuses, et cetera, and you and you just sit back and you have to think, like, what the fuck? Why am I making a song and a dance out of not doing this? Hey, you know what? A good thing to try <laughs> is to stop doing the thing. Yep. Which, um, yeah, it can, it will, If social media is your business, make a big hit on your income. And I understand not everyone can do that. Of course not everyone can do that. I mean, I couldn't really afford to do that. (laughs) Although it was forced upon me for 18 months. Thanks Insta. So yeah, It it was a choice made for me but through my, how many years? four years or so of therapy that I was in, I learned that it's okay to put literally everything down. Like, not theoretically, literally drop everything. Maybe not if you're holding a phone, please don't drop your phone. Hee <laughs> <laughs> uh, So I dropped it all. I put it down. I stopped being Rebecca Crowe, who is, of course, coming to you right now Through your delicious ear holes. (laughs) Um, But she couldn't exist in this space, in my space, which is my mind. Me, the human flesh ship with electricity in it. Crazy. What the fuck? What is life? And um, in order for me to be good to this meat ship, putting everything down was the first step. To me, finding my identity again, which was lost. Lost. Oh my God, it was lost. Through a five year domestically abusive relationship, through the burnout of having your Instagram account deleted eight times. Eight times. What the fuck? With no explanation, ever. Literally never. It was very <laughs> anxiety interesting. Anyway, I. I had to unravel who I was. So it was really difficult. It was difficult financially. It was difficult because I had no identity and my online identity was all I had. And it was scary to not know who I was for a lot of the time, a lot of the pandemic, I was like, what the fuck? Who am I? What do I even like? And it's a long journey to find all that stuff out. I'll touch on it again later, but damn. But it's a really good conversation to have with yourself, defo. I promise you, being true to your authentic self is one of the most satisfying things. It's also a big fuck you in the face of capitalism and marketing and advertising which has literally spent billions of pounds slash dollars slash whatever it's not real anyway on making you hate yourself like they spend a lot of money on that so you in there in your house on your own with your face mask on and your meditation playlist don't feel bad if that's not touching the fucking touching the sides (laughs) because someone or some company somewhere is spending billions of pounds trying to figure out how to make you hate yourself. Isn't that great? Uh, So I wanted to take a little bit of time in this episode to explain what it's like to be persecuted by social media and my example, obviously, is specific to Instagram. So I'm going to refer to it as Instagram here. But this really applies to any space online that you have been restricted from or ostracized for belonging to you or banned, straight up banned from or silenced within. Because social media is quite new, right? We don't really appreciate the impact of it although if you don't realize by now that social media influences literally everything and it's probably because you're a boomer (laughs) and that's fine that's fine but um (coughs) you're wrong yeah anyway that's enough of that (laughs) way so i wrote a little thing just to explain what it's like to be punished for existing on the internet, on Instagram specifically. How does Instagram censorship make us so unwell? Having a body on Instagram is a bit like being in an abusive relationship. The terms of service are not enforced fairly and evenly, which puts you in a state of low degree panic all the time. You are punished by shadow bans when content is removed, which then impacts your business. It also impacts your self esteem. It also impacts your social health. Your friends won't see that post if it's taken down, etc. etc. And then when your account is removed, you are absolutely stonewalled, ignored. You are not given a reason, you are not given a warning. A lot of the time, Instagram's login page will literally just come up with an error, not even the courtesy of saying you have been banned. There is no human involved in this process. You get to speak to no one. It is faceless, it is nameless, it is like screaming into the void. You will never get a reply from Instagram's help desk. The very least or the very most even you will get is an automated email. One of their "Whoopsie daisies, we made a boo-boo, fuck you emails. It's insulting. But beyond all that, your account's now gone. You don't exist in that space anymore. Obviously, it impacts your business impacts your ability to share news or share promotions with people, whether that is for business or personal. And then, you can't message your friends back. You know, those friends who you only message on Instagram or wherever, you suddenly have lost all contact with them. You can't even get them on another app because, you know, who does phone numbers nowadays? (laughs) And then, emails start coming through from businesses who are terminating your contract because your hugest asset, biggest bigness, biggest business asset is gone. It's just like that, it's like your office burned down, it's gone. Except nobody even sees the husk of the building. Nobody will be able to hear as it crumbles because you don't exist. It's not like the building burned down, it's like the building was literally vaporized and transported somewhere else and people don't even remember because that's our lives now. We're so bombarded with stuff all the time. It might take people weeks, months to click. Oh, I haven't seen that account in my feed for ages. I wonder, oh fuck, it's gone. And uh, that's it. That's how you just suddenly don't exist. Instagram has a track record of favoritism. They have exclusive opportunities for only people who are rich or famous and rich. And these exclusive opportunities are provided by the strategic partnerships department. That department really exists. Look on LinkedIn for the Instagram or Meta strategic partnerships department. What the fuck else could that department be responsible for? Pray tell. Pray tell. Especially if they don't cater to everyone. If it was strategic partnerships available to all, fair, fair. But it's not, is it? And this strategic department, strategic partnerships department, real tongue twisters today, (laughs) is responsible for marking your account safe from uh, terms of service violations, means that your posts will not auto be flagged and go through the uh, review system, which we're starting to see a lot more of now, of how it works as... uh, Meta is supposedly opening up their processes through the oversight board. I wonder when they'll talk about this special process. And not only do you get to avoid reports on your content, your account will never be taken down because you pay a subscription fee to Instagram. I heard on the grapevine that Miley Cyrus, her business, whatever, whoever runs her Instagram, pays 7,000 pounds a month to have it managed by the strategic partnerships department. I have screenshots of conversations with people who have paid, and not just paid through legal means, bribed people in these departments to give them these special privileges, including the prestigious blue tick, I think it was about $5,000 somebody paid, it's probably even cheaper now doesn't sound very fair to me, anyway, the reason this is important is because it reinforces the stigma or reinforces the idea that wealth equals goodness if you're rich. Your account is never seen to be violating the rules. And that goes, doesn't go unnoticed. It goes a long way in speaking for the image of your brand. You see? Playboy. Now, they've got straight arm nipples on their account. Have they been taken down? Do people think, oh, that Playboy account's pushing it all the fucking time? Nope. The Suicide Girls Instagram's been taken down a few times. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What does that say to me? says that Suicide Girls don't quite have as much money as Playboy. That's a fair comment, right? Interesting. Instagram is a fucking shit, aren't they? For all the money they receive, the app is absolute trash. They really don't care for the people on the app unless you have money. If you're not paying Instagram, you are being sold. You are the product, we are the product. We know that, it's depressing. But I just wanted to state it once again, so that you don't forget, it's fucking depressing. (laughs) So Instagram is a really fucking toxic place And it's terrible. And they treat us poorly. And what the fuck are we gonna do about that? Like I said in the beginning, the internet is, can be, fucking great. I love connecting with people online. I am a child of internet forums and World of Warcraft. Big up my nerds. That's literally where I was raised. On the internet. Making friends around the world. When I was 18, I went to visit one of my friends from World of Warcraft. It was the first time I travelled alone. It was awesome. I never got to... I got to experience another country, you know, on my own at 18. From a friend that I met on World of Warcraft. Fucking brilliant. So... My communities that I exist in, they're online. My job, very much online. My healing journey through those four or five years of therapy, finding my identity once again, finding languages and explanations and tools for that healing journey, a lot of that happened online especially obviously because we were in lockdown, but shh, we, we're not talking about that yet. <laughs> I actually did a course over the internet where I met 30 or so other human beings um, on a, on their healing journey. It was called the Pleasure Witch Academy. It was an amazing course. There was a, 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 s- a forum, a private forum where we could all speak to each other uh, once a week, we would have meetings on Zoom so that it, and we can all see each other's faces and you were encouraged to speak. And oh, my God, like way to take the edge off a fucking group therapy session, basically. Imagine if they did like Alcoholics Anonymous online and you could actually be anonymous. Fuck, how many more people would go? It'd be G, it'd be genius. And let's not forget the very most important part. You are on the internet very, right now, right, right now, listening to me garble a load of words out of my mouth in some sort of order that might resemble a conversation. So what can we do to make more community online? It's hard, isn't it? It's really fucking hard. (sighs) But community online and authenticity online as well is an act of resistance in itself. Being divided, being depressed, (laughs) being lonely, having low self-esteem, these are all things that make you very easy to sell to, very easy to control. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a production line for capitalism, isn't it? So how do we bust that? It's tricky. We have to keep our online spaces positive. We have to treat them as though we treat the our houses Keep them nice, keep your environment clean, keep it free of toxicity. Yes, I'm talking about all the people you follow because you hate. Hell, I was on Twitter recently and I realized, why do I keep getting all these tweets from Piers Morgan and Tory cunts coming up? Oh, it's not because I follow them, obviously. It's because I argue with bigots a lot, let's be real. But it's because I didn't block them. So now I've blocked them. Oh God, I've blocked almost the whole Tory party. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure none of them will ever notice but if they ever do then it will, bring, uh, it will bring extra joy to me for them to be like, what? Why do they hate me? Because you're a Tory. Anyway, let's, let's get away from that. <laughs> what was I talking about? I can't remember what I was talking about. Oh yeah, hygiene on your social media Let's talk about social media hygiene. Get rid of that doom scroll. Good lord, I did it today. I did it for like two hours in bed. Oh, oh, I feel so depressed. Oh, God. <laughs> it was horrible. It's funny because yesterday I woke up and I didn't do that. My phone wasn't in my bedroom. And I had a really wonderful day. It really is as easy as that i'm not saying that cutting out the doom scroll is easy because that obviously is um, a dopamine seeking behavior but it's as simple as not doom scrolling which will unlock a whole new level of peace within you for your day fucking hell it seems like a small thing a lot of neurodivergent people use scrolling on the internet as a way to get dopamine which is totally valid I do that sometimes too however it's only gonna fuck you up it's like it's a bit like doing drugs (laughs) gives you the dopamine immediately but damn you'll be paying for that later Mm mm-hmm your dopamine (laughs) deposits are going to be depleted that was a nice bit of alliteration They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, your brain obviously craves dopamine, whether you're neurodivergent or not. Instead of the doom scroll... Something I learned during therapy and finding myself, finding my identity was it's okay to sit there and pragmatically think, what if my needs are not being met right now? Why do I feel this strong compulsion to seek dopamine or do dopamine seeking behaviors? I catch myself doing it other times too, not on my phone. Sometimes I'll just, uh, for example, I'm a skin picker. I pick my skin relentlessly, and that is, again, a dopamine-seeking behavior, which I pay for later on. (laughs) So if you catch yourself doing one of these things in one of these behaviors, it's okay to literally sit there for a moment and go all the way back to almost like, a child's state wh- how you would help a child, and you're helping your inner child here, but what would you, how would you help a child through this? Like, the child is clearly distressed, searching for dopamine, what would you ask them? What would you say? Would you say, hey, buddy, you look like you're in a little bit of pain or distress. Is there something we're trying to avoid right now by burying our heads in something else is this distress coming from another place another time or is your distress caused simply by your dopamine seeking behavior being a neurodivergent that's completely valid and typical (laughs) and then once you figured out what's causing your distress what can we do that doesn't cause us distress. Can we make ourselves a nice cup of tea? Can we open the door and step outside and take a big gulp of fresh air? Not always available to us. (laughs) Can we make ourselves some comfort food? Yeah. Some chips, ooh, chips. Something really simple. Do we need to wash? Have we not washed ourselves today, and our skin feels grubby? But we can't identify that, so instead, <laughs> we do we do all these crazy things. But actually, what would be really nice just to take care of ourselves? I'm not I'm not saying self care because that can mean extra things even though these things do come under self-care. I mean, the very basic needs meeting behaviors that so many of us ignore. I will sometimes go days, not days, all day, hungry, on my phone, going through the loop of opening different social medias and scrolling. And then it'll get to 5 p.m. and I'll be like, what the fuck, why am I so (laughs) hungry? (laughs) Oh wait, that's my brain. And that's okay, that's okay. You're all just learning. You're learning about yourself. Because we have been taught to suppress ourselves and we've been distracted and blindsided, let's be real, by the fast pace of this crazy world. Lord, it is distressing. It is distressing, but there is, there is peace to be found. I know all of this is much easier said than done, but I found it really helpful to literally write post-it notes and stick them in places where I would doom scroll, back of the toilet door, on my mirror directly in front of my bed or on my ceiling so that I see it when I'm lying down doom scrolling. Sometimes I would put them under my TV uh, do you ever find that you're watching something and then you look up and you're like, What well, the fuck? I haven't watched this whole episode. I just opened Instagram 10 seconds ago. Oh, wait, no, that was 10 minutes ago. Good one. <laughs> yeah. We need to keep ourselves in good health, my friends. That's what we have to do if we have any hope on pushing back, on fighting back against this. World of censorship and division and hate. Yeah. We need this. We need you. Because we need you to fight. And I don't mean physically. War is fucking outdated. Like, who still does that? Oh, wait. Governments. We need you to fight back against oppression. There are lots of ways you can do this depending on who you are and how much privilege you have. If you are a person who has a blue check on social media, maybe not Twitter, on Instagram, that's a big deal. You have a very loud voice. A voice that won't be censored in the same way that the rest of us are. That's privilege. That's that's real privilege, man very obvious you need to be platforming other people's voices and if you don't i mean we're watching you we can all see you on the internet it's literally what it's there for we can see everything you do and we can see everything you don't do so if you are pulling up the ladder behind you then we can see it mm-hmm we can see it Yeah, you can't be neutral on a moving train. So, use your privilege. If you're not in such a privileged place on social media, Instagram, then there's plenty of other things you can do. Step number one, very, very simple, and should be step number one of any allyship, is get clued the fuck up. There is a wonderful human being who I'm fortunate to call my friend called Dr. Caroline. Caroline? 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 Dr. Caroline R. A R E. I'll link you. But she goes by the insta tag blogger on poll. You've hopefully seen me sharing her stuff. <laughs> but she's an incredible human. She is a doctorate. That's right, she's literally a doctor. And she has not only researched but published peer-reviewed academic papers, things that are cited when making policy. Like This is not the same as linking a news article in a Twitter argument. This is genuinely peer-reviewed, the most stringently reviewed by the scientific method papers about the discrimination that people face on social media. It is truly a big brain thing to do to read her papers. And I understand that maybe you won't be able to get through all of it. Maybe that won't be available to a lot of you. Um, That's okay. Maybe you don't have the time. That's okay. But if you do have the time, do it. I guarantee you the people that don't have the time will try. So... Think about them when you decide to not do it and just do it. Uh, this world is going to continue getting way worse if if everybody who can do stuff doesn't do it. Look at, look at England, for fuck's sake. We've been under Tory rule for 13 years. We just let that happen. What the fuck? We must be some sort of, I don't know, masochist nation. Anyway. Read... Dr. Caroline R's paper. It's about Instagram being a, a sort of civic public space or at least not that being defined enough, but being defined enough to completely exclude people from society. It's very interesting, very interesting. And then listen to the people who are affected by this. There's a great Instagram page. I shared it a lot during my campaign. It's at every body matters, just those words. And it has people's stories, first-hand stories of how it feels to be erased from an online space with none of the courtesy of anything. In fact, just being treated like a battery hen sent to slaughter. As graphic as that is, that's kind of what it is. You are less than human when you are treated by Instagram in the ways that we have been treated. Always listen to the people affected. And on that note, support the communities that are affected. Share their experiences. Comment on their social media, whether it's related to activism or not. You taking that small, tiny, weeny bit of time will boost their reach and help people to maintain an equal it won't it won't be quite equal, but as near to equal as we can through our own means to the people that have the privilege of the strategic partnerships department, who have the privilege of the blue tick. We need to raise everybody else up, not drag those people down that are up there. Although if they ain't doing anything good then, you know, who am I to say who deserves what? But ultimately The goal is to raise everyone up, so those things really make a big difference. And one final point, if you are affected by this, affected by Instagram censorship, then find ways to get around it. Quitting the platform, I completely understand. As I said at the beginning of this episode, burnout is very real. And putting yourself through that is just not good for you. It's not beneficial to your life. It's not beneficial to the cause. You will you will only hurt yourself and then you will be cared for by other members. And, and then it becomes this big, like, I don't want to say drain on resources because that's the wrong phrase. But if you know that you need to take some time out to heal yourself, please do that. Please do that, because if you hold your sword arm up in the air the whole time, you're not going to be able to strike with the most power when the time comes. You see? So, these workarounds, if you are affected, there's a few of them right now. One of them being using a burner account for your links. Uh, a lot of reasons a lot of people's Instagram accounts deleted is because of their link tree or their all my links or whatever this link. Um, even if it's under a under a different domain name and you've got your adult links hidden, it's still there in the code. Like I wouldn't put it past Instagram to go through the actual code of your link tree. <laughs> and um, yeah, when that is then linked with sexy or otherwise undesirable content as deemed by Instagram that is enough to get your account deleted so that's a big one another thing that I've been doing and finding successful on Insta is if I'm gonna post a scantily clad image good lord my ankles oh just kidding something like a bikini then I always set it in an appropriate place I won't post a bikini shot when I'm inside my house or when I'm in my garden, maybe in my garden. If I was in my hot tub, yep, perfect. If you're in a pool, perfect. If you're at the beach, awesome. Perfect, perfect, perfect. They, they can't really claim that you're doing anything wrong because if that's how it is in real life, then that's how Instagram thinks it should be on the internet, even though they're getting it all wrong set your scantily clad posts in an appropriate environment. For example, sometimes I'll do a dance post and I'll be in sc- not so scan- sc- scantily clad clothing, but um, like skin tight clothing, you know, like a all one piece, like for a bodysuit. Oh, they are good. They are good for Instagram, I'll tell you. The leggings, oh, it's all about the tight leggings with the camel toe and the jiggle. <laughs> so that's my other tip. Um, There are other things you can do outside of Instagram as well to maintain your social health, business health, mental health. And a big one is join a union. I guess this only applies if you're doing business or promoting your business on Instagram, which I know a lot of us are. But join a union. Unions are huge. Look at how many people are on strike. Half a million people were on strike in the UK the other day and it made international headlines. Unions, Tories hate unions. So you know that they're really good for working people. <laughs> it's very simple. You don't need to know the ins and outs of it. But if the Tories hate unions, you definitely want to be in a union because you're not a Tory, right? I don't think you'd be listening to this. You would probably have shut it off by now. And if you haven't, then you're not really a Tory. Come back come back to the left side (laughs) (laughs) Um, another form of this if you're being persecuted by Instagram and but you're not on um, not using it as a work Environment. environment another form of this would be to create a community obviously it's hard to do so nowadays but Facebook pages not pages Facebook groups strangely good at this, very, very good. Um, Private groups, although I'm not sure they're allowed to be private anymore, thanks Facebook. Um, They're amazing, amazing, can be amazing supportive places. WhatsApp groups with people who are affected, regularly meeting up in person, which we can now do again, yay. Throwing events in person. I used to do an event, pre-pandemic called You Can Sit With Us, play on You Can't Sit With Us, where we would meet up once a month in a pub, Sunday morning, so, you know, tea, coffee, all the nice things, snacks, brekkie, sunlight, daylight, communicating, seeing people in the flesh, and that was incredible. We didn't always have a fixed fixed schedule or agenda, or sometimes I would go in there with no idea what we were gonna talk about but it was so good to connect with a community with a common cause and care and love. And that was so incredibly supportive, you know? It's really hard, it's really hard. But these are things that going forward are going to be safe spaces. I do think that social media is still going to get worse. From what I've seen, and I keep a very close eye on it. So please don't hesitate to join a community today because we need you. We love you. We care for you. We love having you here. Come, join us. Join them. Join whoever you feel safe with. It's really important very very important so it's hard it's hard to exist on social media I'm trying to share as much positive content on there as I can I'm also trying to just see it as a work asset and do posts that I know will perform oh excuse me will perform well because internet you know jiggly butts and leggings, etc, and trying not to get so emotionally invested, I got very emotionally enmeshed during my campaign, and to right, obviously i I was not being personally attacked by Instagram, but the feelings were very personal, and the feelings were very intense, so yeah it's pretty rough back to what I opened this episode with, which was rebuilding my identity. This is another way to resist the negative effects of social media and probably the most important one that I have found. And these tools were given to me, learned by me through therapy So they can be a little tricky to form, especially when you have blind spots, which we all do. We are the product of everything that's ever happened to us, right? Everything we've ever been told about ourselves, everything we've ever told ourselves about ourselves, that's who we think we are. And social media gives us a really strong message (laughs) about that. (coughs) And it's very easy to get swept up in it. So a few questions that i ask myself whenever i'm trying to explore my identity outside of the things that i'm told about who i am i try and think back to when i was young when i was a child even pre pre exams even like think like young child like 10 years old what did you love what did you do what did you wake up and be excited to do or go places, what what really literally consumed <laughs> your every thought, because we all had things, didn't we? For sure, I used to desperately want to be a spy. I was obsessed, to the point where I would learn, I would do all these physical exercises and everything. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> also, when I was a child, I loved animals. Oh my God, every single fucking animal. (gasps) Oh, I indulged, I indulged and um, cultivated that side of my identity pre pandemic actually by volunteering at an animal rescue. That was one of my first steps towards reconnecting with my actual identity. It was, it was really, really cool. Really cool. It was hard work, but uh, it proved to myself that I really did love. animals. (laughs) Even the stinky asshole ones. I love them. I love those little fucks. (coughs) What did you love when you were a child? And another good question is, what would you dedicate your life to now if work was abolished? Imagine money was abolished, or you had infinite amount of money. Both sides work, obviously, whichever one seems more feasible to your brain. But both are good points to explore separately what would you do if money was not a problem would you travel would you dance would you be in a band would you write would you write books would you make beautiful gardens would you help people would you live in the middle of nowhere and not talk to anyone (laughs) that sounds really nice (laughs) Ah, start small when you do this process. Start small. I started by watching documentaries and going down YouTube rabbit holes. The autoplay play feature on YouTube is great for this. Yo, sometimes it's a pain in the ass, <laughs> but but if I started watching tutorials on um on makeup, which I haven't done in about a decade. I was a makeup artist a decade ago. And I started watching makeup tutorials and wow, I love it. I would watch 10 back to back, like fuck. And obviously the urge to commodify it and turn it into a business is there. That's another thing social media has left us with, a constant urge to turn all of your hustles into big cash money hustles, but it doesn't have to be. In fact, some stuff actively shouldn't be. (laughs) From personal experience, the reason I went off makeup was because I made it into my job. And it became stressful. But the passion was there in the first place. And you can always reconnect. And hell you can always find new ones. New stuff exists now. It's been a while since I was a kid. <laughs> there's there's some cool fucking stuff in the world. It really is. and um, Social media is a huge part of our lives. The internet is a huge part of our lives. But that really traps us in the idea of who we are. It perpetuates the idea of who you are and who you should be. And no person on this planet's social media account is 100% authentic. We know this. We tell ourselves this when we look at their photos and feel bad about our body or we look at their stories and we wonder why we can't afford to go on holiday there. And like, ugh. But that's not all of it. And that's not all of you. It's it's really hard, especially in a world that thrives off us being tired, hungry, and depressed. It's very easy to believe that that is who you are, but you are so much more. You are awesome. I know that. I can say that for sure, because here you are listening to my podcast. At fifty-two minutes in, fifty-three minutes, we just clocked over. <sighs> yeah. Um here here you are. Living your life. Searching for something more. I can I can feel that feeling now in my chest where I'm seeking more. Life is more. It's very cool. It's very fun. <laughs> so That's my hot, hot, steaming hot take on social media and why I was absent from it for so long. (laughs) If you're feeling anything like that, if you can relate in any way, hit me up. Hit me up on social media. Let's have a chat about it. Let me hear your experience about it. I'd love to share and platform your experience because... Authenticity is so important. We need as much as we can get our hands on because social media will always, always, always be full of bullshit. So if we can even combat it with 1% of authenticity, that would be fucking dope. Let's do that. Let's share our authentic loves on there, our passions. Let's be, be fallible human beings on there. And then also let's not be on there at all. And let's be in our communities, not on social media. Hell, organize it on social media. It's a great platform. It's a great way to reach people. I organized two protests on there. 200 people turned up each time. That's crazy, yo. That's crazy. But if I can get 200 people to turn up outside Instagram's offices to yell at them specifically and cause a ruckus, then you can find your community and you can join your community and you can rally your community and you can support the people in your community. And in turn, they will support you and you will support yourself because you will see your inherent worth outside of what our lives have become in this day and age. So scary how fast it's happened, hasn't it? How we've fallen into social media, especially accelerated by the pandemic we truly believe that that is who we are but I promise you it's not you have so much more to give social media is toxic as fuck (laughs) ah enough about social media enough about me let's talk about this podcast when am I gonna (laughs) when am I gonna do it what am I gonna do so, conversations becoming weekly. I'm gonna release it every Sunday when you all are at home doom scrolling. <laughs> Hopefully, as a break of a crack through your your I don't know your life. I want to shake you every week out of something that we've fallen into for comfort and ease or as a trauma response even, fuck. (laughs) Let me tickle your eardrums with my slightly raspy, erratic, volume-uncontrolled voice. I'm going to be doing some monologue episodes like this one. It's going to have all different types of themes. I haven't thought them all up yet but that's just the kind of person I am. <laughs> and then I will be returning to having guests on here because there's nothing more I love than exploring another person's brain. Oh, it's all squishy and, and ooh. Oh, I love brains. Aren't they good? They're fucking good, man. <laughs> all right, beautiful humans. Thank you so much for joining me. Once again, we are back. This is conversation.